Hi. Uh, today, folks, I want to talk to you about something I really love, and that is altar rails. Believe it or believe it not. Now, you don't see altar rails everywhere. They're not in every church. Sometimes they can be viewed negatively. So they, these are the bit, you know, at the sanctuary. So that's a bit up the front of the church with the altar, the seat and the tabernacle and the ambo and all that stuff where the, the mass is kind of offered, the sacrifice of the mass is offered. And then you have the rest of the church, I think it's called the nave, where all the people hang out typically. Usually there's some sort of dividing line. Now you get different churches, different designs, but kind of the old traditional one, sanctuary up the front and everyone then is facing up the front. And then you have this line of some description. And typically, at least in the Western church, you had an altar rail, which was about what, a meter high, usually had a gate of some sort in the middle for the priest to come in and out and uh, then people would come at holy communion they kneel at the altar rail to receive holy communion now there can be a view of altar rails that's quite negative usually that's like generations older than my generation like my parents and older that kind of viewed it and i'm not sure where exactly this idea came from and not everyone has it but kind of viewing altar rails as dividing the people from the priest kind of saying oh the priest is better than the people which was kind of interpreted as a put down for God's people to say that they're not holy, to say that they're not as good as the priest and all that kind of thing. There's some validity to that. We definitely want to avoid like a clericalism that can go both ways where priests are elevating themselves unnecessarily and in areas that they don't have any right to any, uh, to claim any of that. Or you can also have it the other way where uh, the people of God are wanting that as well because they don't really want to take on the responsibilities of really f entering fully into what it means to be a Catholic and a disciple of Jesus. So they can kind of put everything on the priest. Oh, no, that's Father. He'll do that. He'll do that. Oh, no, I just come to Mass. So that's it. That's it. That's it. That kind of an idea. So, um, so sometimes for, for wrong reasons, we can... Uh, we can reject some of the whatever teachings of the church, or, or some of what, some of what, uh, for example, stuff I'm talking about now, church design, what it might mean. Now, sometimes altar rails can be awkward. Like as a priest, you know, you have to, you can't just walk in and out. If you need to, you know, go and get something in the sanctuary, and you're down here, you have to go through the gates, you have to open the gates, and it's, it can be a little bit awkward at times. But it, what it represents is something really, really beautiful. And that is the reality that we have access to heaven. Having an altar rail doesn't say we are separate from heaven. It actually says the opposite, that we have access, that this is what Jesus did. In a certain sense, the whole gospel, you could almost say, is communicated through the design of a church. At least it should be. And the altar rail for me is probably the most, possibly the most beautiful part of the whole thing. Is that without Jesus, heaven was closed to me and to you. And that he did something so amazing that he, being in, a, you could say, heaven itself, he brought heaven among us. And then he, he made it accessible to all of us. So what the church represents is, first, the sanctuary represents heaven. And that heaven has this liturgy going on as described in the book of Revelation. If you want more on that, you could check out the book by, by Scott Hahn, The Lamb's Supper, where the book of Revelation is shown to be complete, you know, really deeply connected with the liturgy that we have in the church. So that that represents this reality, okay? So the sanctuary simply says heaven is a reality and it's beautiful and it's mysterious. And then the rest of the church represents the earth and represents us as sinners and saints and like as in each one of us is kind of like a little bit of sinner and we're really trying maybe, please God, we're trying to change that and we're trying to grow to be more and more saintly more and more like God. And we're facing the sanctuary. We're on this journey. And often the, like the baptismal font will be in the back of the church to represent where we started that journey. And we're moving, we're facing, heading up towards, towards the sanctuary to it. Like I want, 
I want more of God. And what's amazing is that in Jesus, you could describe him as the place where heaven and earth met. So here we have it, that this reality that heaven has come to us. And, and as you walk into a church, you can see this reality like, wow. We're not alone. We're not left to this life on our own. That heaven has come close. And then we have the altar rails. Now, why would they, why would I really like the altar rails? Uh, Saint Maximilian Kolbe, the, the uh, astounding Franciscan saint and martyr, also a great theologian, especially of the mother of God. He said that the culminating point of the mass is not the moment of consecration when the priest says the prayers over, over the bread and it transforms into the body of Jesus. That's not the culminating point, he said. The culmination is actually at Holy Communion. Firstly, when the priest receives Jesus in the Eucharist, but then when the people receive Jesus in the Eucharist. And the thing about the altar rail is that's the place where you receive Jesus. That's what the altar rail is. You could also call it, and sometimes called the communion rail. It's not a place of division. It's a place of unity. The altar rail is the place where heaven and earth kiss. So it's the most beautiful thing in the world. You could say that the place where one person touches another person is a dividing line. You could also say the place where one person touches another person is the place of touch and communion and connection. And it's so precious. So that's how I choose. And I believe that's how the church looks at altar rails and looks at that. And even if you don't have altar rails, and that's okay. That place where you come to receive communion, that line, and there must be a line not to divide, but to unite because these two things, heaven and earth are not the same. And we're in the process of, of healing and transformation and entering in. And, and it's really important to say, no, this, like, this earth is on a journey. As, as St. Paul said, it is groaning with labor pains. We're not there yet, folks. Don't, you know, get distracted. And oh, I'm just going to pitch our, my tent over here and forget the fact that I'm on a journey to heaven. This is not your resting place. This is not your final destination. And we want to get onto the throne. That's what St. Paul says. We will be seated with him, beside him on his throne in heaven. That's the destination. But on the way, he comes to us and he unites himself with us. He unites himself with you in the most unspeakable way. St. Faustina, another great Polish saint actually, she said that if the angels could envy us for anything, they would envy us for two things. Firstly, and very mysteriously, she said, is suffering. They would envy us for suffering. Talk about that another day. She said the second thing is they would envy us because we can receive Jesus in the Eucharist, in Holy Communion. Or heaven, not just a place, but a person. And not on earth, not just a place, but a person, you. They kiss and they become completely one. Whew. Bring on the ultra is what I'd say. God bless you. Have a good one. Bye-bye.